Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. In the lightning and the fire, sometimes we just, in a, a worship service, and the music minister begins to prophesy and begin to speak to our spirits. And if we're not ready to receive that which God has for us, then we might not get. We might not get that reception. Come on, it's Super Bowl Sunday, somebody. Yeah. You got to run your route, your route in life, expecting to get it. I, I watch receivers sometimes. They'll go back and complain to the quarterback. Why aren't you throwing me the ball? Well, first of all, you're not running the proper route. Oh, I, I think I feel like preaching right now. You're not running the proper route for you to get the ball, let alone expecting to get the ball. See, receivers, when they run the route, they, they don't know who the quarterback is going to throw to. Sometimes they go, I know who his favorite target is, but, but um, I'm going to run this route like I'm going to get the ball. Every time I run the route, every time I run the route, I'm not going to go, man, I ain't going to get it anyway, so I'm just going to halfway do it. No, no, no. I'm going to give it my all. So when I line up, I'm going to get ready and I'm going to prepare to when, I, when he says go, I'm going to go out and I'm going to run the proper route in turn expecting the ball. God wants to give you a blessing. He wants to bless you, but unless you come to church expecting. You come, you ran your route to the church this morning and, and hopefully you didn't do it halfway and you came running to the house of God expecting a blessing. See, that's why sometimes when people worship God, like you see it happening now, if a receiver's ready for the ball, what does he do? See, when I'm ready and I'm expecting a blessing, I'm going to lift my hands so that God knows I am ready to receive that which he has for me today. Oh, it, oh, oh, yeah, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Praise God. Uh, hopefully you guys came today expecting. Yes, thank you, God. It is good to be in here today. God bless you, all of you. Dios te bendiga. Amen. Amen. Well, buenos dias, mis amigos. Good morning, my friends. It's good to see you. Hoy es Domingo de Super Bowl. Today's Super Bowl Sunday, right? Come on, come on. Y los 49ers, vamos a ganar. We're going to win. 49ers going to win. Don't hate, don't hate. Yes, and because it's, it's Super Bowl Sunday, así que no tomare demasiado tiempo predicando. I'm not going to preach very long because I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. If you die, you should have said amen at that point. Amen. Praise God. You're like, oh, okay. Praise the Lord. But I will give you the word of God today. Amen. All right. So, viemos lo que dice esta escritura. Let's see what the word of God says. Turn to Mateo 9 and 9. Matthew 9 and 9. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You guys fans of football? How many fans we got? We got fans in here? You guys love football? Okay, you guys, how many, how many, how many Niner fans we got in here? 
All right. How many Raider fans we got here? We got any Dallas fans in here? All right. All right. All right. Who? Is there any Chiefs fans? The whole Tolbert family. They come from out of Kansas City, okay? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. And the word, another word, another word. Matthew, I could name all the teams, but that's irrelevant right now. Praise the Lord. Matthew, Mateo, Nueve, Nueve. And it reads, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Now, before I get into this, I'm going to step outside my text today and just remind you of something. If you're in here today, I need you to see this text. And it's just a brief word that I want to give to you is that Matthew, Mateo, he was a Jew. He was an Israelite by birth and he was a tax collector. Now, if you don't know, there were two things that were vile to Israelites, two things. And those were dogs. They called these people dogs. These were those that weren't Israelites. They, you know, um, what are Samaritans? They called them dogs and, and, he, and people that weren't uh, Israelites or Jewish, they were dogs. And the only thing that was worse, worse than a dog was a tax collector. It's tax time. Some of you should have said amen. But anyway, so the tax collector, the reason why they were so reviled, so hated, people just, they, they were disgusting. They didn't even want them to be around. The reason why is because they were Jewish and they were, not only were they Jewish or Israelites, they worked for the Roman Empire who were the oppressors of the children of Israel, and they collected taxes on behalf of the Roman Empire. Now, they didn't get paid to be tax collectors, but what they were allowed to do is tax the tax. So not only were they taking money on unfair taxes from the Israelites, they were adding on extra money so that they could get paid. And that was the worst of the worst. It's like not only are you working for the enemy, you're now benefiting working for the enemy off of your own people. So therefore, you are hated. But what I want you to see, even though they were considered worse and lower than dogs, we have God himself in the flesh who walked up to somebody that was hated by his own people and chose him out of everybody else to say, follow me. See, I don't know where you're at right now. This is evidence and this is proof that you don't have to get yourself right before you start following Jesus. Jesus will come to you right where you're at and give you the call. He'll say, follow me. But you got to do like Matthew did and get up. He couldn't follow Jesus from his tax collector seat. He had to get up and walk away and follow Jesus. Amen. Now we'll get back to the text. Jesus said, follow me. So Matthew got up and followed him. Somebody say, follow me. Follow me. Yeah, follow me. Cuando Cristo dije, sígame. When Jesus said, follow me, no es como las redes sociales, sígame. He wasn't talking about a social media type of follow me. Ese tipo de suger uh, uh, no está siguiendo nada. 
that kind of following isn't really following at all. It's just watching. There's a difference. Mirar es espectador, seguir es participar. Watching is just spectating. Following is participating. When you follow somebody on Twitter, or if you follow somebody on Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever else is out there now, I don't know what other social media platforms it is, you're not following them at all. You're just getting a peek or a glimpse of what's going on in their life on what they did, what they're about to do, or what they're doing. Mirano es intimo. La intimidad trae conexión. Conexión te pone en el equipo. Watching is not intimate. Intimacy brings connection, and connection puts you on the team. Now watch this. Mira, Raider fans. We got any Raider fans in the house? A couple. What about Dallas? All right, all right. Okay, this is what I want you to do right now. All you Dallas and Raider fans, I need you just for a moment to think back the last time you were in a Super Bowl. Now, I'm going to give you a few minutes because it's been a while. It's just let the Lord, Lord bring back to the remembrance the former days. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now that you got it, you guys kind of remember faintly. Some of you guys might not even have been born yet. I'm just saying. So now, now, even for the rest of us, do you remember watching them win all their games? Do you remember the winning season? Uh, I, I, I would ask the Kansas City if they, if they remember winning the Super Bowl, but that, that's irrelevant. They've never been there. But do you remember the excitement that you felt when, when your team won the game? Do you guys remember? Do you, do you remember? It's 49er fans. You remember when we made it to the Super Bowl? We're, we're going to the Super Bowl. We won. We had an outstanding season. We ran out and we bought jerseys and we tailgated and we went to the games. And some of, the, some of us even are, are, are going to the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody here is going to the Super Bowl. But when our team goes to the Super Bowl, we started bragging. I'm telling you right now, I was walking around making faces at people walking in here. I was looking at them like, where's your jersey? Mm-hmm. Because I'm a fan of the 49ers. And all of us got excited and we got to the 49ers and, and, and I mean we got to the game we got to the biggest game that there ever is the biggest Sunday for football and sports ever and our team get in there and our team won you guys remember that remember the last time the 49ers won a game you remember the last time Dallas won 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 a game remember the last time the Raiders won we get excited we're running around our houses we're doing flips we're texting we're telling people we're screaming and high-fiving we're doing all kinds of stuff but after doing all that you guys when our team won listen after we did all that at the end of the day after all that bragging after all that celebrating not one of us received the Lombardi trophy Out of the hundreds and maybe even thousands of dollars you spent to give yourself a 49er room. After we win today, you aren't getting a parade. You, you're not getting a ring. You ain't getting a trophy. You ain't even getting a certificate. You know, they ain't even giving you a partition certificate. Nobody's even going to thank you from the head office for being a fan. And you know Why? Because we're not on the team. You ain't on the team. You know why? We're all fans. 
not followers. Followers participate in the game. Followers aren't just sitting in the stands. Followers aren't people sitting in comfortable blue padded chairs and watching everything going on. Followers get in the game. Let's look what Matthew did when Jesus said, follow me. Watch this. Let's, let's, let's look at this. We got to really break this down. When Jesus said, follow me, this is what Matthew did. So Matthew got up and followed him. That was deep. That was, that was deep. He got up and followed him. It didn't say he watched him from a distance. He didn't say that he friended him. And every time Jesus did something, an alert came up. And, oh, yeah, I follow him. I get everything he posts. No, it didn't say that. It says he got up and followed him. If you're not following Jesus, then you're just watching Jesus. God didn't call us to watch him. He called us to do as he does. When Jesus walked up to people and said, follow me, people got up and they imitated the things that he did. Even though they got it wrong a lot of times, at least they were making an attempt to follow Jesus. Let's look at two more aspects of following Christ in Matthew 16 and 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. There is no way to follow Christ without denying yourself. Serving Christ means serving others. Not always looking to be comfortable, but serving from a place of conviction. Mm. Let me help you guys out. Can I just be honest with you guys? Just, I just, I'm going to, if, even if you said no, I was, I was going to be terribly honest with you. Do you know there are times that I wake up in the morning and I don't want to see none of y'all Sunday. I love you, but there's just times I don't feel like seeing none of y'all. Don't be shocked because obviously some people in here feel the same way because you're not here every Sunday. Whoa, why, Pastor, what? I, I was just coming to church today. I didn't want to hear all this. No, I'm, I'm just being honest. There's, there's times that I, I don't feel like it. And, and, and I'm, you know, work, I, I, I minister to people. I go to people's houses. I go to the hospitals and, and to the jails. And, and I'm ministering to folk and I see folk and people know I'm a pastor. So I'm constantly ministering to people. And, and, and I want to be with my family sometime. I, I just want to sit at home and do nothing. I want to sit in my pajamas and my socks and in a, in a, in a, a, a shirt and watch TV. I want to do that on a Sunday morning. And I don't feel like being here on a Sunday sometimes. Just like some of y'all, I'm sure. There's times, you know, listen, like maybe one on, on Sundays you don't show up. It's maybe you stayed up all Saturday night because the Lord had quickened your spirit. And you got up late at night and you began to pray and your prayers and supplication with thanksgiving. You were praying till four in the morning and, and then you knew, you know, at four in the morning you finally got some sleep and your alarm went off at, at seven. You're like, I only got three hours of sleep. I don't feel like coming in because the Lord had used me already last night and God has got his glory. So therefore, I'm just not going to go to church. I know I had to serve today, but the Lord understands. Hallelujah. 
Yes, 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 yes. See, the, see, the true follower of Christ will deny themselves. Yes, I was up till four in the morning praying, but I know that Christ himself didn't feel like doing some things at some times. I, I, I'm being honest with you because we don't like putting scripture together. Do you know Jesus was tired of dealing with the disciples? He said it. He's like, how long do I have to suffer with you? If Jesus felt that way, surely I could feel that way sometimes. Y'all got quiet. <laughs> but listen, denying ourselves, which means this, I know that I'm tired. I know, see me, when I don't feel like it, I know I have to. You know why? Because what I do is greater than how I feel. And what God has called you to do is greater than how you feel. When you just think about yourself, then nobody else is going to get ministered to. I mentioned at the last service, see, some of y'all sit here and you see these people come up here and worship. You don't have a clue what they were going through the day before. I'm going to pick on you. I'm sorry. Got to. You guys don't know what a tear goes through. Come up here and minister. You guys just love the way that she worships and plays. But you don't know about the dialysis that she has to go through three, four times a week. You don't know the pressures that she has to deal with. She comes in and practices. She's tired. You don't know that this all this week that she's fighting and dealing with infiltration. She's pneumonia because she got sick and she tested positive for the flu. But she still came. She was gone a week because she couldn't make it. She tried to deny herself and come, but she didn't have the strength. But she comes in and ministers to you. You know why? Because she denies herself to minister to God's people. You know why? Because she got up from the seat that God called her from when he said, follow me, Atira. Serving Christ means serving others. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 20 and 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. You notice it doesn't say all. See, some of us get caught up in this notion of I'm supposed to sacrifice for everybody. See, Christ gave his life as a ransom, which means I'm paying for some things for many people. You know who those many are? Those that have given his life back to him. The Bible's specific. Do not cast your pearl, that which is valuable before swine. Too many of people in the church have gotten caught up in toxic uh, charity, and we think because we're going out doing stuff to people that don't appreciate it, people that will never give their lives to Christ, we think we're doing God's work. I need you to understand that the Bible itself was written to Christians, and it talks about feeding the poor. It talks about taking care of those that are around you. It's talking about those in the house of God. But if we're worried about ourselves, we're not going to come in here and make sure that our brothers next to us are going to be fed. Our brothers next to us are going to be comforted and loved on because we're too busy about, man, I was up last night and I'm not going to make it to church. Or I'm so upset. I'm, I need to go to church and I need to get something from somebody. Come to church to serve and not be served. Because guess what? If everybody's serving everybody else, you better believe it will come back to you. Nobody in here and not even the Bible said following Christ is going to be easy. That's why he told us to pick up our cross. Pick up your cross. So if you're not doing what Jesus is doing, 
You're just watching. And if you're just watching, you're not a follower of Christ. And if you're not a follower of Christ, then you're not a Christian. I'm just trying to hear you. I'm, I'm, I, want, I want to save you. I need you guys to listen to me, okay? Just because you say you believe in Christ doesn't make you a Christian. I want that word back. I'm sick and tired of people talking about, yes, I'm a Christian, but yeah, I believe in this, uh, that sin is sinful, it's unrighteous. How can you believe in something that's unrighteous and sinful and say you're a Christian? I want it back. How can you say you're a follower of Jesus if you can't follow who he is? And who, he, who, who is he? He's the word. And if it's in the word, then you follow the word. This is why Jesus said this. Why do you call me master? Why do you call me Lord and don't do what I say? You can't call Jesus master if he's not your master. If you're not following what he's told you to do, if you're not following, he said, follow me. And like some of us, we've never seen Jesus in the flesh. So he came in the volume of a book called the Bible. And if he says, follow me, that means follow my word. But the world is trying to say, look, we believe in Jesus. Yes, I believe it. No, you're just acknowledging his, acknowledging his existence. And let me help you out with one thing. The demons acknowledge his existence. The Bible declares that the demons even believe, but yet they tremble. That doesn't mean they're saved because they believe. It doesn't mean that, that because they acknowledge him, they have a chance to enter into heaven. You have to follow God. Don't you fool yourself. The Bible talks about us deceiving ourselves. But we want to argue with folk when they try to tell us, look, it's like, I'm trying to tell you, if you step out into the freeway, you're going to get hit by a car and die. And now you're offended at me because I'm trying to save your life. I wouldn't be saying this to you if I didn't love you. Matthew chapter 10 and 38 said, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. This is Jesus saying this. He's basically saying you could try to do what's in the Bible, but if you're not willing to pick up your cross, which means if you're not willing to suffer in denying yourself, you're not worthy of me. You know what that means? You're not a Christian. You're not a follower. You're just a fan. This is for the fans. So if you're looking, and, and I just want to share this. Some of you guys, this might be your first, second, maybe third time here, and you're like, I don't come to church for this. I, I, actually, you know, the, I, I, I don't really like coming to church and, and all this other stuff because people in there are hypocrites. The pastor's always doing this, and, and you seem to be jumping from church to church to church, and you're doing all this different stuff. I, I just want to help you guys out. Let me help you out. And this also is, it might help you out in relationships. If you're in here and you've been jumping from relationship to relationship to relationship because the person that you get with can never seem to fit what you need, I'm going to help you out. If you're looking for a real church that has a real pastor with a lot of real Christians, this is what I want to ask you. Why don't you become what you're looking for? So many of us are looking for so many things, but we don't want to become that which we're looking for. I want, if I want to be in a place with a bunch of good Christians, why don't I become a good Christian? Why don't, if I'm looking for a place with real followers of Christ, why don't I become a real follower of Christ? You know what bothers me is people, it, it's just me, it's just me, but people that have never experienced certain things always want to try to become the professional in it. 
the, the people that give us the most stuff as Christians are people that ain't even Christian. They want to read the Bible and tell me, well, aren't Christians supposed to? What, what do you know? As I bring this to a close, I told you I wouldn't be up here long. Woo, hallelujah. Somebody said, praise him. Oh, hallelujah. Some of y'all, if you've been in church 10 minutes, you know when the pastor says, I'm about to close, you, you might as well set the timer because it's going to be about another 40 minutes. I'm just saying. Uh, yes, praise him. As I bring this to a close. <laughs> a fan is defined as this, an enthusiastic admirer. This is for the fans. All of us in here are fans of something, right? Many of us are sports fans. Many of us are, are fans of, of singers. We're fans of, of actors. We're fans of many different things. Uh, even politicians. We're fans of some politicians. We watch the games. We see them and we cheer and we lift our hands and, and, and we celebrate. And some of us go out and we own every jersey of every player and and we understand the concept of being a sports fan. We know everybody's name on the team. Are you guys hearing me? I, we know all and everything about uh, our, 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 what we're a fan of. But my concern for the church as a pastor is this. Has the church become a stadium full of fans of Jesus and not followers of Jesus? And I'm not talking about the building Christian fellowship. I'm talking about the Corpus Christi, the church as a whole, the universal church here in America. Have we all become fans of Jesus and not followers of Jesus? And I get it. I understand it. A lot of us are really big fans of church. We're fans of Jesus. I mean, we're really into this church thing. We know all the songs. We sang the songs today. Even if we don't put the words up, some of us know the songs. If the pastor, back in the time we had, you know, pages on Bibles, paper Bibles, the pastor would turn to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 7, and then you'd be... You know right where it was. You can get there before everybody else. And as soon as you turn there, you start looking around to see if you were the first one to get it. How do I know? Because when the pastor says, when you get it, say amen. You'd be like, amen. Got it? You were so good and everything with church that you would tell somebody what page someone's on. Turn with me to Acts chapter 22. No, Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And then you would look at your friend and go, if you have the New King James Version, that's on page 232. But if you're using the NLT, it's on 325. I got this thing. I know my word. But you could be a fan and know every. Thing to know about church. You could be a fan. As a matter of fact, some of us in here right now, I can come to you and go, man, what is the name of the starting linebacker for Kansas City? You'd be like, left or right? I know who his backup is. I know who played. Matter of fact, years ago, there was somebody that made it. You would know everything. You know the coaching staff. You know everything about your team. And just because you know everything about the team doesn't mean that you're on the team. We feel pretty good about ourselves because all these things that we admire about Jesus, we love to know about him. We love to know his ways. We love to come to church and do church. But at the end of the day, we're just admirers. We are fans and not followers. And being a fan makes you feel pretty good. 
especially being a fan of Jesus, because you know why? He always wins. Everybody wants to be on the winning team. Everybody wants to root for the winning team. You, it, it's true. Nobody talked about being a Kansas City Chief fan until they made it into the playoffs. Same thing with the 49ers. Well, all of a sudden, we had closet 49er fans. We win and they come out with the jackets like, yeah. Y'all laughing, but watch this. A lot of us, this is how we can tell if you're a fan or, or a follower of Jesus. Because when persecution hits, when it seems as the church is losing, we're going to see how much you really are a follower or a fan of Jesus. Yeah, see, when, when, when your team starts losing, you're like, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, like last year, watch this. Last year, everybody was a Warriors fan. Where they at now? Yeah, a couple of them. I'm a Warriors fan. Yeah, uh-huh. who's starting? But last year, you knew who was starting. Wait till next year when they start losing again. All of a sudden, you Laker fans. <laughs> They've been walking around with purple gold. Anyway. If we're really honest with ourselves, if we really search our hearts and begin to define our relationship with Jesus, there's three questions for us to answer. Three questions. This is the first one. Why are you here? There's these three questions you need to ask yourself if you're a fan or a follower of Jesus. Why are you here? Do you know in John chapter 6, Jesus had a lot of followers. People were following him everywhere but he knew how to thin people out because everybody will follow you when you're feeding them. Because if you look at the prior chapters, everywhere Jesus went, you know, he stopped, he was breaking, people was coming up with a couple of loaves of bread and some fish and he'd make a real big meal out of it. Everybody ate. Some of y'all understand it. Everybody my crew's eating. Everybody eating. We eat good. And that's what Jesus, and Jesus, you know, he's like, I'm getting tired of these people. Let me tell them some truth and some hard sayings. John chapter 6, verse 54, he looks around and tells them, look, I am the bread of life. I've been giving you bread. Your, our, our, our ancient, our fathers ate of the bread from heaven, but they ate the bread from heaven. But this bread has come from heaven. And unless you eat of this flesh and drink of my blood, you will not inherit me. You go on to verse 60, 6 and 60, and, he, and, and the people go, man, this is a hard saying. <laughs> Peace. Because it sounds to me like you're losing. And they left. And that's what happens in church. We'll come to church as long as we're talking about getting blessed. We'll come to church as long as nobody gets in our business or confronts us about anything. Everything's good. But when the pastor challenges you about your lifestyle, and he challenges you about how you're living, when he challenges you and questions you about your serving God, all of a sudden it's a hard saying and we turn from the team. Do you come to church to be served or do you come to church to serve? Why are you here? The second question we have to ask ourselves, are you all in? Being a follower of Jesus requires, listen to this dirty word. Being a follower of Jesus Christ, it it requires complete commitment. A follower of Jesus will do whatever it takes to follow Jesus. They are absolutely loyal and completely committed. Do you guys realize something? Do you know, and I'm I'm married people. I, I I probably married hundreds of people just in my short time of being a pastor. And it's funny because, you know, people will actually ask you now because now marriage is just 
We just do it with a clause. Hey, if it doesn't work, we can always get a divorce. So don't ask me this. Look, in our, in our vows, don't say, till death do us part. Because I don't want to make God any promises that I ain't willing to keep. What if, what if things don't work out between us? What if she cheats on me? What if I cheat on her? What if we argue all the time? You know what they're really saying? What if everything don't go my way? What if I don't get what I want out of the relationship? That's what they're saying. And I kind of look at him, I'm like, you need to go to the courthouse with that. Because I'm not marrying you. I'm a man of covenant. As Christians, we are people of the covenant, not just in marriage, but in everything that we do. A people of covenant. So when we come, we have to be all in. Many of us will spend our entire lives believing in Jesus, but our behavior betrays what we believe. What does that mean? Because by looks on your face, what does that mean? You say that you're a Christian, but yet you don't act like a Christian. Yeah, I'm a fruit tree, but there's no fruit on you. Jesus never asked us to be believers. What he asked us to do is be followers. He didn't look at people and go, believe in me. He said, follow me. And when he said, follow me, that takes absolute commitment. But I think most of us in here prefer selective commitment. Simply put, we want a customized Christianity. You preaching good, Pastor. I know. It's deep. It's deep. Yeah. Somebody going to get it. But we want to customize our Christianity. We want to be blessed coming out and going in. We want the windows of heaven to open up and pour out a blessing upon us that we don't have room enough to receive. But we don't want to pray for our enemies and those that despitefully use us. We want people to come to us and give good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over men come and give into our bosoms. But we don't want to give. What you talking about? Oftentimes we look at our relationships with Jesus and say, I'm just going to follow Jesus, but I'm going to kind of pick and choose the areas in which I'll follow him in. <laughs> Number three. Have you made your relationship with Jesus your own? Have you made it your own? Some of us just started coming to church. Some of you here today because your parents, you came to church because of a friend, you came to church because your significant other has come to church. If this is the case, it's easy for us to be a fan because we've never had that encounter ourselves with God. So many times I meet people and they talk about, yeah, man, you know, uh, my mom, my mom is a, a, a deacon in the church. So, yeah, I'm saved. No, your mama saved. Are you saved? Well, because my mom's saved, I'm saved. No, it don't work like that. It's, this is not an inheritance that you can get from your parents. You got to get Jesus for yourself. I'm sorry. Maybe your daddy, your mama could be a devil worshiper. That don't make you a worshiper of Satan. You got to have your own relationship with Christ. It reminds me, and my wife is not here right now, which is, makes it better because I'm going to tell on her. 
Yeah, tell her. She can watch it on video. She can it. It's going to be recorded. Because when I first met Kaya, she was not a 49er fan. She'll tell you she was. She was like Papa. Papa, Papa was a Dallas fan, and I remember her talking about Dallas. Now, moms, she was a Niners fan. Yes. But Kaya, she was like, she really wasn't, you know, feeling it, whatever, until she met me. And she kind of switched up and she became a 49er fan because, you know, she wanted to act like she liked me. You know, you know how it is. She's like, he's a 49er fan, so I'll become a 49er fan. Hope you guys catching the analogy here. You know, I, I'm interested in him, so I'm going to be interested in what he's interested in. And, 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 but when she started seeing my passion for the Niners and seeing how I felt, then truly she started diving into that which I was diving in. And now, even without me, she's all about the Niners. Why? Because she saw for herself. If I go home to be with the Lord before my wife, she's still going to have a Niner jersey on. Do do you understand what I'm saying? If she didn't depend upon her relationship with the Niners based upon her husband, she got some for herself. So if you're here today, it's not about your wife. It's not about your mom. It's not about your brother. It doesn't matter why you came. Do you know Jesus for yourself? You have to make your faith your own. Jesus isn't looking for a relationship between you, your mom, and him. He wants a relationship with you and him alone. This may be one of the reasons why Jesus said these words in Luke chapter 14, 24. He said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, his mother, his wife and children, his brother and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. It's hard saying. Pastor John, what are you telling me? You know what I'm telling you? Let me help you out with this scripture because hate's such a strong word. And what we see hate is like, hate is like, man, I don't even want to be around you. I don't want to talk to you. So when we read the scripture, it's like, so I don't want to, so in order for me to be a disciple of Jesus, I got to hate my dad, my mom, my wife, and hate my wife. It's already hard to get along with her. No, I'm not saying it's hard for me to get along with my wife. just jokes but we're saying hey no this is what Jesus is saying put me first this is the part of life even hate your own life that brings it back to if if any man come after me let him deny himself let him hate his own life and when you deny yourself and hate your own life, then you could be my disciple. But until you deny yourself, you cannot be my disciple. Yes. This is not about your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother. This is not about your, your significant other. This is about you and Jesus. Some of us in here, man, but I, I, I'm not just a fan. I'm a follower of Jesus. I come to church every Sunday. I'm here. I serve. But you guys realize that's just the tip of the iceberg of what you do. What kind of relationship are you doing behind closed doors? Where is your heart at? Are you just doing and not being? So many of us are fans. And we're watching from a distance, but we're not getting in the game. 
So my question for you this morning is this, and this is for you fans. Are you going to be a fan of Jesus Christ? Or are you going to be a follower of Jesus? Amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.